Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Well, hello, everybody. What is going on? Today is Sunday. It's the 11th of September, 2022. Let's go ahead and get our contact info posted, and then we'll jump in with the show. If you'd like to contact me, the best way to do it is going to be through the email where you can either record your own audio and I'll play it for you on the show or you can write an email and I'll read it out for you. And the email address is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. If you go over to the website, you can find all my social media stuff. There are buttons for Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Rumble. I've actually got one over there for Rumble now, so you can go check that channel out if you'd like over there. I do think for people that are pro-freedom of speech, I guess, uh, in, in a kind of a loose interpretation of that phrase, some place like Rumble is going to be the way to go, especially if you're doing firearms content or if you want to show, oh, this is how you strip down such and such, or this is how you can assemble this or that, and you just want to share information, that's probably going to be the bless, excuse me, the best place, there we go, to do that, in that they, at least for right now, don't seem to be doing any censorship. If you would like to support the show and support me, there are a couple of ways that you can do that. There is a PayPal donation button. If you want to would, ever would consider throwing some financial support my way, you can just click on the Donate Now button down there and just follow the on-screen prompts. There are, excuse me, there are other ways that you can support the show, and that would be sharing the links when I post that the show is dropped on your social media feeds or the probably the easiest way to is just to send in some feedback even if it's just a quick shout out saying hello how you doing that type of thing let me know your maybe your first name and where you're from all right let's go ahead and jump in with the show and of course today is the 21st anniversary hard to believe it's been that long now of the um attack the terrorist attack that we faced as a nation on the twin towers in new york and then on the pentagon and so just take a little bit of time and kind of think about maybe some of the people that were greatly affected by that uh, you know when that happened it changed a lot of things in america some for the better but a lot of things for the worst we unfortunately gave up a lot of, uh, as Franklin would say, essential freedoms for the promise of temporary security. Uh, so anyway, I don't, I don't want to get in too deep with that stuff today. Maybe that might be a, a subject for a show at a later date. Let's go ahead and jump in with, some, I guess, what we'll call maybe our ATF Minute the as far as i know there hasn't been any major changes to the brace issue they're still planning on having some stuff come out i guess maybe in december we'll see we'll see whether that happens uh, again to recap and i don't want to just keep seeing the same stuff over and over from show to show but i do think that there are going to be a ton of people that will have standing 
especially with interpretation of what the ATF can actually do and can't do, how far their authority goes in regard to being able to interpret the laws of, of uh, that have been handed down through Congress. So, like I said, I think eventually the long-term effect of a lot of this stuff will be that certain things things like short barrel rifles, things like what is a pistol, what is a rifle, uh, does it matter, uh, especially since a lot of the short barrel rifle stuff was to, from, from what I can tell and from my interpretation of it, a lot of that stuff had to do, it was more about handgun control and trying to limit the ability of people to have and carry handguns because handguns are small and you can e you can easily conceal them and then the justification for a lot of the short barrel rifle stuff was that oh well this is people could say that this is a handgun and therefore we need to ban handguns and we need to put a lot more restrictions on handguns because if they say that they're handguns it could it could make things worse and and that's kind of a real condensed almost I don't want to say uh, well I guess it's, it's, it's a real simplification of of uh, of the issue but basically that was it I think that there probably will be some legitimate challenges and I think and it may take a few years but I think eventually the idea of short barrel rifle is will just nobody's going to care it'll it'll probably be a thing of the past I also think that probably coming forward a lot of this stuff with, you know, with ghost guns, uh, again, with, you know, what's the difference between a frame and a receiver, what part of what is actually a firearm. Those are all going to have to be legitimate definitions. And um, a lot of that will depend on pretty much on who's in power. Uh, and a lot of that too will depend on are the people in Congress, are they going to sort of take back their authority for years and years and years they've ceded their authorities to a lot of bureaucratic agencies and since the the heads of those agencies most of the time are appointed by whatever administration is in charge and when a new one comes in sometimes they they move them sometimes they don't uh, maybe that administration doesn't care one way or the other you know just because an administration that is a Republican administration comes in doesn't mean that it's going to be a new day for us as gun owners. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of this stuff, a lot of the restrictions. And, you know, when we look at things like bump stocks and things like that, that came about under Trump. And, you know, he, of course, would go out and say things like, well, I'm the most uh, sec uh, Second Amendment friendly president that's ever been in the history of forever. So, and, um, uh, yeah, I had my problems with the guy. He, he did some things that were good, but he did a lot of things that I disagreed with. Anyway, another thing kind of that, I, I guess during our ATF segment here, is the idea with the, I think it initially started with the rare breed trigger. And, and then I think it was uh, Big Daddy Unlimited, from what I can tell, basically just copied what they, what they did. And course ATF now is saying because it's a forced reset trigger and it's still 
one pull of the trigger equals one round fired, but you can do it very rapidly. What does that do for you as far as accuracy? I don't know. For me, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with it, having it. I don't, I wouldn't consider it a machine gun the same way I wouldn't consider a bump stock a machine gun. I don't see a lot of practicality for those type of things. I mean, yeah, I, I think you should be able to own it no matter, you know, hundred percent, but I don't really see what it's going to do for you practically. Uh, yeah, you can shoot it super fast, but I mean, if you train, you can shoot an AR-15 super, super fast. So, uh, but again, what does that do for you as far as being able to hit what you're shooting at, whether that's a target or whether that's a, a threat or so, you know, I, again, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me uh, to have that. Uh, especially, you know, if you look at somebody and I think, what's his name? Oh, he's on, he, he's been on Grand Thumb a bunch. And this isn't his real name, obviously, but he, I think it's Milspec Mojo or something like that. That guy can shoot incredibly fast. And then you look at a guy like uh, Michelik, Jerry Michelik. He can shoot a revolver. He can shoot a shotgun. He can shoot an AR. He can shoot anything e extremely fast. And he can reload them extremely fast. Uh, so, uh, again, the thing like these, these uh, things like bump stocks, things like these uh, forced reset triggers, things like binary triggers, all that other type of stuff, they're interesting from an engineering standpoint. From a practical standpoint, I don't really, again, for me, I don't really see what it would do for you in a, uh, in, in like a defensive situation. Uh, but again, like I said, let's not get it twisted. I think if you want that and if you were going to have fun at the range with it or just plinking around doing whatever you want, you should be able to do it. No problems and no questions asked. And this stuff brings up again, sort of a bigger issue of going back to Unfortunately, a little bit of the politics of it in that these these bureaucratic agencies that have over time gobbled up more and more power and more and more influence and it, it becomes a thing of our only recourse seems to be going to the Supreme Court. We are fortunate now that the people that we have on the court now, most of them seem to be pro-Second Amendment. And then, again, with the uh, with the Bruin decision and some of this other stuff, it's going to really affect things that are going forward. And for all the activism that is in some of the, what we'll call lower courts, when you, when you are doing sort of a side-by-side -side or a hierarchy of courts, a lot of the federal courts, a lot of those judges, they understand, they know, they're like, well... I understand sort of what the what the legal precedents are now, and we understand that all my stuff is just going to be overturned. So other than a few, although there's, I guess, probably quite a few if we're being honest about it, there are still going to be advocate judges that are going to basically be advocates from the bench and that they're going to support a anti-gun agenda going forward. And so they'll they'll... They'll do issue stays or they'll issue certain rulings knowing full well that those things will be overturned at a later date. But what it does do is it 
it delays a, what do we want to use the word, victory? Or it delays a, from uh, from my perspective, from people like you and I, from our perspective, it delays what we would consider to be the correct interpretation. Uh, and so it keeps in place certain things that either restrict you or it keeps in, it keeps you kind of in limbo to where you say, oh, well, maybe I would go out and I would get this uh, shorter barreled upper for my AR-15, but I don't want to register it, so I'm going to hold off. I'm going to wait. So it, again, it's more of a delaying tactic than anything else. Well, I think that's about it for our ATF minute that's not a minute type thing. Let me know what you guys think and let me know if you hear of anything else that's out there, if anything else is kind of popping up. What do you see or what am I what am I not seeing? What am I overlooking? Or if you think my interpretation is wrong, uh, anything like that, it's not going to hurt my feelings if you somebody uh, writes in or, or records their own audio and says, well, here's, you know, here's where I think you got it wrong and here's why. Uh, you know, I welcome that type of stuff. So let's talk a little bit more about politics and then we'll move on to the last thing that we'll talk about in the show today, which is going to be the trip that I went on and uh, how I, what I was carrying when I was doing my concealed carry and the two holsters that I used uh, and why sometimes, well, and we'll, well, we'll get into it here in a, in a little bit, why, but uh, basically there are kind of two schools of thought on how you carry and where you should carry that type of thing. So, but we'll, we'll jump into that here in just a second. So anyway, with the political stuff that's coming on, we know that right now the, the Senate is basically deadlocked. Uh, so it's a, it's a 50, 50 thing. And on most major stuff, what we're seeing is that the party lines are clearly drawn and that's pretty much how they're going to vote. If it's a more left-leaning thing, it's going to be a 50-50 split. If it's a more right-leaning thing, it's going to be, you know, 50-50 split the other way. And again, if it is a deadlock, basically the Democrats have power because Harris comes in, the vice president comes in and will cast the tie-breaking vote. So with the midterms fast approaching, a lot of things are happening. And one of the things that I was talking with my wife about, and even I was telling my daughter about it, I was like, well, as long when these midterms are coming up, politicians don't want there to be, especially if they're the party that's kind of in power or has a little bit of the upper hand, they don't want gas prices to be high. Because when gas prices are high, as we all know, everything increases uh, in price as well. Because the way that we get all of our uh, all of our products, all of our food, everything basically is based off of gasoline. So if it costs more money to harvest the crops, to, to sow the crops, to harvest the crops, you know, to, to get them to market, to get them to the grocery store, to get them, you know, to your house, all that, that increase in gas prices has to be passed on. And so your food will cost more. Your clothes are going to cost more. And what that causes some people to do is it causes them to contract in their spending with other stuff. And then also add on top of that, the inflation that we're in, the mishandling that the government has done for years and years and years with our economy. And it puts us all just kind of in a pickle. 
the unfortunate thing is, is I do not think that if the Republicans take over uh, a number of seats in the House of Representatives and if they can gain the majority in the uh, Senate, I don't know that there is going to be a lot of change for us in gun world. Uh, historically, what we have seen from the parties is that when the Democrats get in, they will push for everything. They at the sky is the limit and they'll throw everything in the kitchen sink. And then when the Republicans get in and the Democrats do this, no matter what the political climate is. And part of that is, is that they do have a little bit of cover from the, from the mainstream media because the mainstream media tends to lean left, not in all things, but in most things are going to, they're going to lean left. And so, they're not going to to hammer sort of their team. Uh, and a prime example of this is if you look at if if you say okay if if Biden had done the things that Trump had done as far as like economy wise, he would be hailed as the greatest guy ever. And if Trump had done the same things that has happened under Biden administration, Trump would be blamed for all that stuff. And again, whether you like Trump or like Biden or hate, you know, both of them, it doesn't matter. This is just sort of a, a uh, an exercise in looking at how are things portrayed. And then once you kind of see that, and you see it again, you see it on the left, but you also see it on the right. A lot of the criticism that when Trump was in power, that the the right was saying like, oh, you know, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, uh, blah blah blah. Now that Biden's in power, all that stuff that they sh they said, well, you shouldn't be overly critical or this or that. Now they're saying, you know, of course it's it's their time to be to be overly critical and all this other stuff. So it really is all such a game. But again, kind of getting back to us here in Gun World, I I really don't think there's going to be a whole lot of stuff for us going forward. Uh, there, there may be some, but really when you look at what the Republicans kind of go to bat for and, and really make important issues, guns aren't really one of them. Uh, they'll do little bits here and there, but they don't really get out there and fight for it. You don't really, you, you see it a little bit with certain of them, but even even with the guys who say that they're super pro-gun, you know, guys like Ted Cruz or guys even like Rand Paul, that really doesn't seem to be the focus of what they're there for. There are a few that are in the House that are more that, more that way, but of course uh, it's a larger legislative body, so... You know, you know, who knows on that? Uh, we've seen things in the past where, and it generally falls along party lines, where the Republicans, if they see, if they, if they hear enough complaining, they will say to the ATF, hey, stop that, or what are you doing, or come out here and do this for us. But again, we've seen uh, before things like with the FBI, uh, certain hearings and, and when they have certain people from the FBI, the FBI just basically, and they're asking them questions, the FBI basically just says, well, we can't talk about that. I can't answer that. You know, it's ongoing investigation or this, that, or the other thing. It could jeopardize this or that. So 
Uh, and, you know, that kind of brings us up to another point, which we'll we'll do on some future shows. And we're going to I'm going to take a pretty deep dive into what does it what does it mean in this country when people say law enforcement? What does it mean when they say policing, peacekeeper? Are those things all just interchangeable? Is a police officer the same as a law enforcement officer? Is a police officer the same as a federal agent? If if there need to be if there needs to be reform, which I think that there needs to be, how do you do that? How do you start that? Is it to be rooted in just one thing? Um, and I, I have tons of ideas about this stuff, and but I want to get them kind of all down on paper and get them organized, and then that way we can maybe do a series of that. And uh, I think I might start that coming. Maybe next week or so. I think maybe I'll I'll try and drop a show on Wednesday, and maybe we'll get that. We'll get kind of outlined what we want to do and discussions that we want to have. And part of that will be again saying these are the these are a lot of the terms that are out there. But what does that mean and end for the purpose of the, our discussions going forward? I will give you sort of what those definitions mean to me so that when you hear me saying certain words, you say, oh, okay, even though I think of police officer being interchangeable with law enforcement to him, those are two separate things. Those are two very different uh, uh, philosophies in how you're doing that job. So anyway, we'll talk about that stuff, like I said, on some upcoming shows uh, probably, I think, unless something major happens, I'll probably start on those, or unless I get a little bit behind, I'll start on those maybe next week. I'm, I'm getting down to where I'm getting into the habit of starting to try and get those two shows a week, and I think what I'm going to do is probably have one drop on on Sunday and then try and have another one drop on Wednesday. I and, and by keeping the show short, again, this is a little bit of some of the nuts and bolts thing, but by keeping those shows short, we will uh, hopefully be able to, to maintain the schedule. So speaking a little bit of the schedule, last the last show, the last episode, actually dropped while I was, uh, we my wife and I had gone on a little mini vacation. Uh, we're out in Arizona, and we had gone up to Sedona, for a few days up there. And it was quite pleasant. It was really nice. Uh, it is not what they would call high season or anything up there. So partially because school is back in session and also because it's not that much cooler. It's it's cooler than from the Phoenix area, obviously. Anyway, one of the things that I had mentioned a little bit earlier was that... Uh, I did conceal carry up there, of course, and I did it. I had brought two different types of of uh, holsters. One of them is what you would call maybe a hybrid holster, and it is where you have a leather backing and a Kydex uh, form. That's the form of the pistol that you're carrying, and then you'll have usually little clips that go over your belt, and then you can you can move those around and wear them sort of. Um, kind of wherever you want. They're not really designed for appendix or for a cross draw, but you could kind of press them into that if you needed to. And then the other thing I got was from Filster Holsters, and I've had it for a while, and I really like it. It is the 
enigma. And the way that that works is you have, I don't know what, what it's made out of, uh, but you have a Kydex shell and it doesn't have to be their shell. You can use some from them or you can use them from other holster companies and you attach it to basically this kind of like wing looking thing. And then there's a, a, a nylon belt that you wear. So, and then you also have uh, a leg leash. And so it doesn't rely on, and most of you guys are going to know what this is, but for those of you that don't, it doesn't rely on uh, a gun belt. So you could wear this with gym shorts. You could wear it, the ladies out there, you could wear it with a skirt. You could wear it with yoga pants. You could wear it, um, you know, pretty much with anything that you, that you want because the retention and the, the, and, and by retention, I mean like having the holster stay in the same place is all done through that belt. So you'll cinch it up so you can have it up high. You can wear it appendix. You can wear them, uh, you know, three o'clock if you want, you could wear it closer to five or six o'clock on the back if you wanted you could put it over and uh, adjust it to if you wanted it to be more of a cross draw type thing. What I really like about it, and I've, I've had, it does take a little bit of time to adjust it. It does take a little bit of time for you to get used to it. The leg leash, there's a, um, a part that kind of comes down and then it wraps around your thigh. And the reason that you have that is if you didn't, in theory, depending on what you were wearing it with, if you went to draw, and especially from that appendix position, the whole thing may kind of ride up and it may fumble your draw. What the leg leash does is it, as you're drawing, it pulls, and as, as the, um, the, the gun starts to clear again, sometimes that holster, depending on what you're using and the retention level of it, sometimes that whole thing may want to come up and that leg leash anchors it down to where when you pull it out, the holster kind of stays where it's going to be. Some people might might ask, well, why did you take two different holsters? What's the, why won't you just stick with one? And again, maybe if you're going to be in certain places or you're going to be doing certain things where you know that it's going to just be more comfortable maybe for you to have that, uh, but we'll, we'll just say the, um, the Filster holster in a certain situation and then maybe the hybrid holster in another if you know you're going to be doing a lot of bending over forward a lot of things like that sometimes maybe that having that appendix position isn't going to be the greatest for you or you may need to wear it up higher which means you have to sort of readjust from where you're where you're doing what you can do for where you excuse me I should say is from where you normally have it so I tend when I do appendix it's still relatively low some people will, will carry appendix now and they'll carry the gun up pretty high and it, because you have adjustability with the with the filster holster you can use it, it's, it's called the wing and what the wing does is it um, and if you go onto their website you can see a bunch of videos on where he kind of talks about like if you think about a boat and how a boat sits in a water and your gun generally a lot of times it when you have it in a regular appendix position it kind of wants to the, the butt of the gun sort of wants to lean out and so if you use what they call a, a wing 
what it can do is it will it will rotate the butt of the gun toward toward your body and so it makes it go up closer the problem is it still kind of wants to lean out a little bit so you can get a little bit of printing and you can put um, what they call a wedge you can make one out of like an old yoga block or some foam type thing and you can put that on the back of the holster down toward the bottom where the muzzle end of the gun would be and then what that does is it pushes it pushes the um, like in the back of the slide and the butt of the gun is then pushed again toward your body uh, so the the wing kind of rotates it back so if you think if you were looking down and you saw the the butt of the gun kind of pointed out that wing kind of rotates it back and then the wedge uh, rotates it back to the let's say the right side of your body and then that wedge pushes the whole thing towards the center of your body so anyway um, once once you get that that particular system which is the filter system down I think it works really well especially if you need kind of deep concealment where you're going to be in a situation where you, you you can't be made you don't want to be made a lot of times if you you can adjust it to where it sits deep down in, into your body to where nobody's going to see it uh, sometimes with those uh, hybrid holsters the problem that you can have even if you've got it kind of sucked up to the body is if you have to lean forward or lean to the side sometimes your shirt or your garment can ride up and then it can kind of expose the gun a little bit so anyway some of those concealed carry problems but I, I like I said I had a couple of days where I wore the the hybrid holster for some things that we were doing where I knew I was going to be kind of you know bending over and doing a bunch of stuff and then most days though I wore the uh, the filster and I really like that I, I think it works for probably about 90% of the stuff that I would do and probably it's even a higher percentage of that so there are little things that maybe I can talk about those at a later date maybe I'll, I'll do a more in-depth review of that type of thing and uh, we'll also shoot some video and I'll try and do it where what I may do is just strip the the audio from that video and then just have it be a segment in an upcoming show and that way you guys could go on to rumble and take a look at it and say oh, okay this is how it how it is and this is what he's actually talking about it if you can't visualize some of that stuff all right i think we have hit our mark of around 30 minutes or so i will draw the show to a close again i would love to hear from you and you can either send me an email or record some audio and send that to me and i'll get it out for you on the show the place to send that is firearmscafe at protonmail.com firearmscafe at protonmail p-r-o-t-o-n-m-a-i-l.com and uh, for the people that sent in stuff last time thank you very much i hope to hear from you guys soon and other than that we will draw it to a close and i will talk to you guys next time